Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Here on a Tuesday from... Well, hi, cloudy, overcast, poor Coquitla. My name is Jake Elliott. How you doing? My partner is back in Saskatoon. His name is Evan Schemenauer. This is episode number 72 of Lacrosse Classified, and we got a good show for you lined up once again as we'll have uh, NLL analyst on the program. I don't know if we've ever... I've talked to Shannon a couple of times, Evan, but I don't think you have. Let's get you in here right off the top. Brian Shanahan going to join us from Mimico here and I want to say about 15-20 minutes from now. I'm looking forward to a good conversation with my man Shani. Yeah, oh, I mean, I've talked to him a million times <laughs> off the air, but um, you know, no, I don't believe we've had, we haven't had him on Lax class with this version yet, no. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, and of course, we are going to play another round of Who You Got March Madness style as we will dive into the 2010s bracket here on episode 72. Some good matchups on the horizon. And uh, this quarter here, quarter one, we're going to talk about who we had, Stampy Tax, who we had, and some good votes coming down. And in fact, Evan, one vote unsettled as we finished in an absolute deadlock of 50-50 tie. So we'll talk about that here in myriad moments. Uh, but before we get started here on some lacrosse talk, Evan, I have to ask, how are you and yours, how is the, the province of Saskatchewan, the city of Saskatoon doing uh, in the midst of this pandemic? Well, the number of cases is rising every day, which is to be expected. Uh, I mean, everybody here is fine. We're we're doing okay. It's just getting used to working at home, which oddly enough, I find I'm as productive as not more productive at, surprisingly. Mm. I don't think that uh, is all that surprising, Evan. I think a lot of people are finding that. Employers and workers finding that they can be just as productive, if not more so, working from the comforts of their home. Yeah, and the other things are just getting used to life, right? It's you're spending ninety nine percent of your time in the house, mm-hmm. and well, you know, you're, not, you you're not going shopping, and is, but it, it's interesting to see what what you get on social media now because it's this new norm of what's out there, right? And John Grant Jr. You know, putting videos out of his trick shots and teaching his daughter lacrosse and Micah Kersey with a heck of a dance routine with his daughters there. Yeah. You know, it's it's the new normal. But you know what? People are finding a way to still entertain themselves, and that's maybe the positive out of it. Yeah, no, I, I wanted to mention that in Quick Sticks later about some of the content that's, that's coming out from players and coaches uh, alike. So we'll save that a little bit. But um, as far as, you know, what has been kind of – ordered as far as protocol like what are you seeing i know i was kind of hanging out here with danny this weekend and for the most part we kind of hunkered down we didn't really venture out too much we went out and 
<clears throat> excuse me, got some extra exercise, but uh, made sure we we kept our at least six feet distance and tried to go to places that the that we knew no one was going to be. Uh, had a little time at the box actually, which was which is nice. Went to Sunny Smith for an afternoon. Uh, walked up a couple of hills and and tried to stay active, but you know I still look out on the streets and I still see a lot of vehicles. I still see people walking up and down and and maybe not taking as many precautions as they should. What what are you seeing in Saskatoon as far as people following orders as social distancing? A bit of a mixed message in that the province really hasn't shut as much down as I would have expected by now. They're starting to. You know, the restaurants and what have you, takeout only and things like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's tough to say. Of course, when I'm not leaving the house that much, I don't see much of it. And the only time I really left the house was when it was time to drive the kids, right, to back and forth between the two parents' houses. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I've gotten into the habit now of, you know, any prescriptions I need are at a, are at a pharmacy that mails them out. Um, I've been doing, dealing with uh, food delivery from the grocery stores, right? Not because that's that's quite the scene in its own. Was you know they're only letting so many people in at a time because they got to be six feet apart, and the lineups they got to be six feet apart even in the lineups. And somebody put that out on Twitter. That was quite hilarious. That. You know, there should be a run on long poles because the long pole is exactly six feet. You know exactly yeah. how far you got to be away. Yeah, I can't remember who that was. I mean, it might have been Scott Ratliff, I think, that uh, first put that out there. But you're right. Um, you know, I, I I definitely have seen like a decrease in in people out and about, uh, but I've also seen some people just kind of negligent to it as well. And, and again, I, I, I think being proactive is the real key here and not reactive. And it really seems like the country of Canada as a whole has taken that approach and, and we're still, we're still in this for a while. There's no question about that. The numbers will go up before they start to go down. But I think the real key to it all here, Evan, is that we got to jump on it and, and that's, we all got to take it seriously, and mm-hmm. if we do that, then we're going to be heading in the right direction sooner than later. Well, and the announcement that came out probably about 15 minutes before we started taping, the Memorial Cup is out right off. Mm. The Olympics are off. That was announced earlier today. <laughs> How long before other leagues start following suit? Like it, like it, was, it was nice to have the AFL, the Australian Football League, on this weekend, but at the same time, it was a little uneasy as saying, <laughs> should these guys in a contact sport be playing? Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and, you know, luckily the government in Australia shut them down because they just said the stadium's got to be closed. Yeah. So, but. I get it. You know, a lot of people are losing money and and a lot of a lot of dollars on the line. But uh, I, you know, I'm I'm in fear now for for summer lacrosse as well. Like I I think the we're not going to see any kind of organized high level sporting event until September. That's that's what my gut is telling me after after kind of seeing how this is mm-hmm. all playing out. Yeah, like I mean, businesses that I'm working with, we're looking at. 10, 14, 16 weeks out of of this isolation and working from home, my gut tells me that there, if there's at least an improvement 
come late August, there's going to be a push to get things back for school to start. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can't force it. Like you can't rush no. it. You got to make sure. You got to make sure. Um, okay. Well, we'll just uh, like I said, we're we're not going anywhere. Unfortunately, podcasting is something that we can both do from the comfort of uh, our our homes. So. The show will be a little bit different as we move along here, but we will keep it coming to you because, you know, I think for for me personally, Evan, like I haven't had the greatest day here. And I've, you know, like usually I really look forward to recording on a Monday and I didn't go exercise today, which probably has something to do with it, uh, the kind of the way I'm feeling. And I just. I think like this is therapeutic for me to to get my headset on and and strap in and and actually get into it, you know what I mean, and and record and and just talk about it. And I think uh, that that's a little bit of therapy for me to do this. So I, I hope you feel the same way, and I hope our listeners kind of feel the same way that it'll be a little bit different. But we're gonna keep it going, and and we're gonna try and make it as entertaining as possible. As we'll we'll brainstorm some ideas. The longer this thing goes, we're gonna have to come up with some ideas. Yeah, I mean, trying to get normalcy at this stage and, you know, take care. If you're out there, take care of your mental health. Like, it's it's a little bit of an entrapment. Now, luckily for this long, as long as, like, we're on what, about day six right now, I've been through this before. Hurricanes in Bermuda take out the power <laughs> because they're above ground lines. So I've been through this part before. It's when that continues and continues. Uh, we'll see. No, it's just trying to get some normalcy because I, like this weekend, I I worked the weekends. Like, okay, I got stuff to do at work. I what else am I gonna do? There's nothing else happen at the house, yeah. and I kind of now is like, okay, I gotta force myself to take a couple of days off this week and just get into a routine. Well, I tell you. Um... You know, as bad as it is, this stuff, and it's funny. Like you, you tell people, "Hey, like you're not allowed to go out." What are, what's the first thing people want to do? They want to go out. You tell people, "Hey, you know, go out and, and get some fresh air, enjoy the stuff." No, I think I'm going to stay in. It's almost like the opposite effect, right? But I, I think that's one thing people got to remember here is that you still got power, you still got heat, you still got electricity, you still got the internet. Like, imagine going through this, Evan, without any of those for months on end. Like, that, yeah. that's another level. That's a whole new ball game. So just be thankful, like, that you can FaceTime your buddy and, and hang out with your friends uh, on video chat or, or, you know, give them a call or text them or whatever because um, that's a luxury that we have right now. And, and if that was taken away, I, I really shared a thought. Like, I... I think that's part of the other reason that I'm kind of down in the dumps today, Evan, is that Monday is a, a day that I always go see my dad, and I'm not able to do that now, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that again, and that that's tough. Yeah, that's definitely got to be tough. Um, but, yeah, find your ways to, to bring some happiness out of all this. Oh, or you can do something as simple like I'm working from home. I make a point of every hour getting away for about five, ten minutes and just getting some steps in. This is crazy. Look at my Fitbit here. Like it's five PM. I've got four thousand steps I haven't left the house. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's good. That's good. All right, Evan, uh, we'll talk more about it in the coming weeks and just kind of keep you posted on how things are going, and uh, we'll all get through this together. But let's get into Stampede Tax, who we had. We did the 2000s bracket first, Evan. But before we do that, i got to let you know that uh, Stampede Tech, now more than ever, shopping online is still shopping local. This is a great way to support our sponsors. You go on their website. they got $15 flat shipping wherever you're located. Boots, jeans, hats, outerwear, motorcycle leathers, accessories. they got it all out there in Cloverdale. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Uh, make sure you're checking them out uh, while you got some time on your hands. Peruse the website. I bet you find something that you never knew you needed, They you never knew they would have. And next thing you know, you got a package uh, ending up on your front doorstep. Okay, Evan, four big matchups here. Three out of the four were very, very close votes. And one, in fact, was 50-50. And we got to figure out a way to solve this uh, tie here, I, I suggested we maybe extend the, the vote a little bit. We suggested maybe giving the coin a flip. But I think what we're going to do, and we'll do it a little later in the program, is that's uh, ask Mr. Shanahan. Hopefully he voted. If he did not, I will uh, chastise him for that. But we'll ask who Brian Shanahan thinks would win that game, and that's the the team that we're going to go with to settle that 50-50 vote, which comes down to, let's do that one first here, Evan, 2009 Brampton Excelsiors. Actually, this is good because my buddy George Parra, who filmed this game for the company that, that filmed this, uh, this man cap in Queens Park back in 2009, his name was Mike Grump, Grump Media. He was webcasting this series. I was announcing it. Now, George was filming it. Unfortunately, George does not have the audio to go along with these videos. He's still trying to dig those DVDs up. But he did find the entire seven-game series from 2009 in his archives and has now posted this up on facebook go to my timeline jake elliott two l's two t's and you're gonna find the thread and he is posting these up on his youtube channel game one through game seven of course game one with a a bench clearing brawl game seven coming down to overtime in dramatic fashion 2009 Brampton Excelsior is taking on the 2007 Rochester Nighthawks. John Grant Jr. going off uh, what a year it was for John Grant in 2007. And this one, over 100 votes, well over 100 votes, Evan, and it's a 50-50 deadlock. Who did you take? We we both took Brampton in this series. We we both took Brampton in this one, yeah. Now, yeah, the 50-50 deadlock, just like between you and Patty Gregoire for her best hair, right? Right, right. <laughs> but, no, we're going to – we'll see if uh, Mr. Shanahan can break the tie for Yeah, us. well, he will. Uh, he definitely can, and he definitely will, because we're just going to ask him straight up who he thinks would win that. But, but there were some matchups this week that I thought were going to be lopsided, and – 
really, really close. I was surprised by a few of them. Yeah, well, let's get into the next one. It was the 2000, and 2000 Toronto Rock just edging out the 2007 Peterborough Lakers. The Lakers beating the Adnacks in six games in Coquitlam. 2000 Toronto Rock, you'll recall, last game in Maple Leaf Gardens, and I think this one just kind of warms everybody's heart, Evan, when they think about this game, except for for Nighthawk fans and players, of course. But Caleb Toth hitting the shot, one second to go, and the 2000 Toronto Rock edge out the 2007 Peterborough Lakers, 56-44 in this vote. We both had the Rock in this one as well. And actually, if you want to watch this game, because you probably have time on your hands right now, go to YouTube. Uh, the video of the entire game is up there. I believe it was Sportsnet that broadcast this one. And one Mr. Brian Shanahan ah. is doing the color commentary on this game. Yeah, Joe Bowen, I'm sure, on the call as well. Uh, Holy Mackinac and all the rest of it. Uh, we'll ask Shanny about that 2000 Rock game. Why don't we do that as well? So the Rock move on, Evan, uh, into the, uh, what, the Sweet 16. Yep, Sweet 16. All right, uh, matchup number three. 2009 Calgary Roughnecks taking on the 2003 Victoria Shamrocks. I actually uh, screwed this up uh, previous, Evan, uh, last week. I, I made mention because previously we were going to go with the 2005 Shamrocks. Then we switched it and said, no, no. Jenner said, oh, no, the 2003 better team. So I said, okay, we'll switch it. But then I forgot to switch the rosters in my head. And 2003, actually a much stronger roster. John Tavares, Derek Malowski, Kyle Cooling. I was actually in Victoria to watch part of this Man Cup as well. Uh, Dan Dawson in this one as well. And unfortunately for those Shamrocks and Teddy Jenner, uh, they go down to defeat to the 2009 Calgary Roughnecks. Another close vote here, though, Evan, 53-47. Yeah, so make sure you get your vote in because we've seen every vote counts at this stage, right? It really does. And, I mean, like, it showed, we had a deadlock vote 50-50. And we're talking, like, upwards of 130, 140 votes here. So get your votes in. Uh, I, you know, still encourage Evan to put it out on the Google Doc and send it out to everybody who's playing who you got. He never did that. But uh, it's up on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter, sign up at Lax Class. And, and I think what we're going to try and do moving forward here as well is post up pictures of the team's rosters to go along with that year's team so you can get an idea of who was on that team and give yourself a bit of a more informed vote as well. Yeah, I mean, when we get to the pre-1990s, we're going to need... We, we Luckily, we got some descriptions as to who's on the roster, what they accomplished, because, I mean, I don't think a lot of our fans have can remember lacrosse back that well no there's gonna be some but yeah there is and and there will be but uh and i'm one of them like i you know like i i was in my formative years back then let's say that evan i wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to what was going on except in the the little bubble that i was living in so uh big shout out to to retro lax and steve holroyd for all the help and work that he's done kind of 
narrowing down the pre-90s bracket for us and, and giving us some anecdotes as well. So uh, when we get to that, maybe we'll have Steve on that week to talk about that. I think uh, that might be the go-to move there, Evan. What do you think? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Uh, so there. there we got a week planned out already in a couple weeks from now. Final matchup was uh, one that you picked very wrong, Evan, here. This was the one out of the four that was not even close. It was a, a matchup of 2001 teams. Philadelphia Wings going up against the Coquitlam Adnacks. And uh, Evan, game seven of this series played against the Brampton Excelsiors where Coquitlam wins in a landslide here in this vote, 71-29. to 29. This series went seven games as well. It came down to the final minute of game seven with Coquitlam down a goal. Let's go to Keith Cowison and Duff for the big finish. Squire comes up with the loose ball. Shot there, Stroop scores! Damn Stroop! It's 9-9 and there's 55 seconds to go! Wow. Daddy Stroop's got the on hand. That's his fourth goal of the night. Bob Watson got a piece of it, but not enough to keep it out. There's a look at it. Bob Watson got a piece. But Dan Stroop just had enough on it to get it over the line. 9-9 with just under a minute to go. Now what happens? Wow. Looks like Coquitlam's going to get possession. Oh, how did that timeout work for the Adnacks? We're into the final 40 seconds. I can't even hear myself. It's so loud in the Coliseum right now. Squire inside to Doyle. scores! Colin Doyle! The Adnacks are 35 seconds away from their first Man Cup ever. He spun the goal, and he was wide open. I was in attendance for that beauty. Kimbo Squire setting uh, setting up Colin Doyle, who just set a monster screen. I can't remember the defender to open himself up. And during that era, like there was nobody who was more clutch than Colin Doyle. The knack for scoring the big goal at the big moment was his, and uh, he did it again. Given the Adnax their first man cup in their history, and they move on to the Sweet 16 as well, as do the Calgary Roughnecks of 2009, the 2000 Toronto Rock, and we'll have to see whether it's going to be the 07 Nighthawks or the 09 Excelsiors that move along as well into the Sweet 16 era of who you got, March Madness. Well, I mean, we got some intriguing matchups this week too, so. Stay tuned. <laughs> this is, we do. Some of these are not going to be easy. Yeah, no, that's kind of the point here, Evan. That's kind of the point. So we'll look forward to that. But uh, coming up here on the other side, heading into quarter number two, we will talk to NLL analyst. I think he's in his 22nd year, if I saw that correctly. Also does a little writing for IL Indoor as well. It's Brian the Manahan Shanahan next here on Lacrosse Classified, episode 72 on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. 
A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com tickets today. Hey, this is NLL Crew Chief Todd LaBranche. You're listening to Lacrosse Classifieds on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class, lacrosse fans, episode number 72 into quarter number two. And you just heard from our friends at the Vancouver Warriors. VancouverWarriors.com, where nothing's offside, Evan. And uh, just to kind of recap, I know a lot of people asking what's going on with their tickets. What do we do? Just hang on to those tickets, whether the season happens this year or it happens next year. You're not going to be out of pocket. You'll either be reimbursed. Your tickets will be good for another game. Uh, So hang on to those things. Um, What else can we tell you about? uh, Check out VancouverWarriors.com. they got a bunch of frequently asked questions on there as well. And uh, they're still pumping out the content as well uh, over there at VancouverWarriors.com. And go pick up one of those white jerseys. Those things are sweet. Absolutely. Christmas is still going to happen, Evan. you got to have gifts under the tree. That's, uh, That's a good one to get. Right there. Uh, all right. Joining us on the podcast, I think we had him on Stealth Classified a couple of times, but I don't think we've ever had him on Lacrosse Classified. Uh, our good friend, both of ours, Evan, it's Brian the Manahan Shanahan on the podcast. Shanny, how are you, man? Uh, very good, guys. And yes, this is my first time on Hera. I'm honored to be with you guys. Oh, please. Uh, <laughs> please. Uh, we are the ones that are honored here, Shani. Uh, thanks for joining us. I know uh, you got uh, you got a family f- uh, full in your house there. Uh, you just uh, cooked up a pizza for them. So you're you're starving yourself right now while you're feeding the family talking to us. We appreciate <laughs> you doing exactly. that. Oh, no, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. What kind of pizza you got going on down there? Oh, just the frozen one, you know, the, the Blah Blah's President's Choice ah, okay. healthy pizza. I don't, I don't know, but gotcha. I'm bite. looking forward to it. One bite. Everybody knows the <laughs> rules. Uh, what's going on in, in Mimico, man? I, uh, You know, I, I kind of checked in with Evan on what's happening there in Saskatoon as far as the pandemic goes. What's the situation like in, in Mimico? Are people staying off the streets? Are they staying home? Are essential services only? What's happening there? Well, the province just announced emergency measures as of tomorrow. So as of tomorrow night, anything that's not considered an essential service has to shut down by law. It's no longer a choice. And, uh, you know, they're going to decide, you know, they'll let us know what's essential and what's not. But we know the grocery stores are going to be open. Uh, uh, luckily, uh, the beer store, liquor stores are considered <laughs> essential. You know, yes. I, I, it's funny. I, Funny enough, though, a bunch of people, a bunch of my friends and I have been talking uh, through text today about you know whether the uh, pet stores are going to be open or not because a lot of us have pets and we're going to make sure that you know we don't run out of food for them. So I, I think that some of the pet stores are delivering and that kind of thing. But I think for the most part, from what I've noticed, people are taking this seriously and, and doing what they should be doing. I, you know, I, I'm pretty happy with you know everyone in my family. I think. Uh, uh, you know, other than going to the grocery store when we have to, or, or you know, the drug store, we've been pretty much inside. We've gone out. You know, my kids and I 
you know, we'll go to the local track, we'll go for a bike ride or local track. And, but we're, you know, everybody's keeping their distances from what I can see. So, uh, you know, even though I, I see some things on social media about some people that seem to ignore it, but you know, what I've seen firsthand is everybody's following it. So, uh, for the people that aren't on board, I, I hope it starts because, you know, we got to take care of this thing. So let's start with this. Uh, of course, lacrosse players got a career outside of lacrosse. Talk about your career outside of lacrosse. Yeah, I'm actually I'm a teacher outside of lacrosse. I, I, I'm uh, I got a, my math degree is what I got originally, and so math is my specialty. Although I teach more than that, and this well, last week would have been our March break, and the day before we went on March break, it was announced by the province that they were going to extend it by a couple of weeks. Today they just came, and, and I think we all knew this, but the premier came on today and said. It, it won't be just three weeks. We won't be going back. April 5th was supposed to be the day. And I think everybody knew that. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, you know, we're not going back at all. Now, now, thankfully, you know, I'm being paid while I'm at home. So I, I really feel for those people, you know, especially in, you know, the restaurant business. That they, I mean, there's a lot of people that are, you know, worried about their next, their rent checks, their mortgage and all that. But, uh you know, so it's it's really tough. I, you know, I'm lucky that I am being paid while I'm here. But you know, I, I must admit that you know it's it we're bored, but I don't want to complain about that. There's there's enough serious things going on on out there that uh, you know I don't want to be a complainer. Absolutely, but, uh, uh, if, it, it is very serious. If you could see me, I'm holding my hand up in the sky right now. <laughs> I'm, one, I'm one of those people right now. But again, like I, you know, I, I I try and think to myself, this is so not about the situation that I'm in or many others. This is way, exactly, yeah. way, way bigger than that. Um, hey, before we kind of get into some things here, I don't know if uh, you've you followed this along. We're playing Who You Got March Madness style. Uh, so we've picked 32 of the greatest box lacrosse teams of all time and kind of made up a bracket. And then we put out some some Twitter polls uh, over the last week, uh, four games from the 2000s. Have you seen this? Did you cast your votes? Uh, have, have you been playing? I, 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 I haven't cast my votes. Uh, okay, I, well, I, this I is perfect it. then. I saw it. It just looked like so much work for me to, to, to fill out all those forms. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is on Twitter. All you got to do is just that the first we wanted, we wanted people to submit their top 10 teams so we could kind of get a pool together. But now it's as simple as just pushing the screen, pick your favorite team, who you think is going to oh, win the game. So it comes down to this, Shannon. We've, we've got the votes. The tallies are in. Three of our, our four games have a deciding vote, but one of our games here ended in a 50-50 dead. Over 130 votes ended oh in gosh. an absolute 50-50 deadlock here. So now Evan and I are going to put you, Brian Shanahan, on the spot here to determine who moves in to the Sweet 16. Are you ready for this? Okay, yeah. You, you tell me the two teams, and I'll tell you who I think would have won a game head-to-head. That's exactly. 2007 okay. Rochester Nighthawks. This is John Grant Jr. in his oh, prime. They were good. Eddie Very Cole, good team. Coach. Going yep. up against the 2009 Brampton Excelsiors, who won that dramatic man cup in seven games, overtime, bench clearing, brawl, all of that, dying seconds, Carnegie, 
2009 oh. Brampton, 2007 Rochester. Brian Shanahan, who you got? That's a tough one. I thought that Rochester team was a great team, one of the, one of the best NLL teams. And you're right, Johnny. Grant Jr. was at his prime. But I'll tell you, the last 30 seconds of that Game 7 between uh, Brampton and New West was unbelievable. Uh, and uh, I'm going to lean towards Brampton. Brody Merrill and Colin Doyle and all those guys, they were a fantastic team. But it it, it was one of the best Maybe not for New West, and was it Elia Geich? It was. Uh, it was. I, yes. I felt, I felt terrible for him. Yeah. You know, he had such a fantastic series, and 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 I guess they gave him like a the, the player of the game or something at the end of the game, and it looked like I don't want that. Yeah. Said. No. But uh, I'm gonna go with that brand. Okay. There it is. Uh, I actually called that man Capshani, and it was uh, like I I had the the line like I, New West was. Up for fans that don't know, and, and I just said this that that my buddy George is posting these games up on on Facebook right now. But for Game Seven, New West was actually up a man with a man. They were, uh, with right. possession under thirty seconds to go. So Brent, Geich had the ball, right? Yeah, at center. So Brampton pulled their goaltender to even up the man strength. Ilya Geich runs backwards into his own zone, runs in behind his goal. Somehow Brody Merrill, and I think it was Harrison, converged on Geich along the boards. Ball jars free, bounces right to Mike Carnegie, who sticks it. I said Scott last week, by the way. To Mike Carnegie, who sticks it top corner to tie the game, and then Colin Doyle and, and Shooter take over in overtime, and, and the Excelsiors win. But to be up a goal, up a man, under 30 with possession – and they lose it. I had like I, you know, there was going to be the Belly's twenty fifth man cop, and it was like I had the call in my head, like what I was going <laughs> to oh say, gosh. and then it just all of a sudden it it was gone, and it was like once it went to OT, you knew that the uh, yeah, US wasn't I, winning. I agree. Nothing. Yeah, I, and, and you know, I played for Brampton back in the day, and we played against New West, but my heart was still broken for New West when I watched that game, and and in particular. Ilya Geich, because yeah. that you know, yeah, what a way to lose it. Yeah, and it took him a long time. I don't, I still don't know if he's completely over. All right, so Brampton moves on into the Sweet Sixteen. There, Evan, book it, uh, Shanny yep. with the deciding vote there. Uh, let's, I mean, well, while we both voted for Brampton as well. Yeah, so. we both. Okay, there we go. We both voted for Brampton as well. Speaking of man caps, Brian, uh, if, am I correct in saying that you have five of them? Correct, yes. A couple with Brampton and three with Six Nations. Yeah, and I remember the, the first time I, I saw you come out to 1993, if I recall correctly, which uh, that Brampton team is actually on our bracket for the 90s, uh, Shani, just so you know. Oh, uh, well, we were good. Yeah, very <laughs> very good. Back when John Tavares actually wore the number six, uh, he was that young, Shani. And, and, you know, I remember uh, we lost game one in that series. In fact, they kicked our butts game one. And uh, it's, it's funny. I'll tell you a funny story, too, is, you know, we we just – I think the hardest game is, for the traveling team is always game one. And we just came out flat. They they might have gone up by about, oh, 10 – at least 10 goals at one point. I, I think the third period we started playing, but it was too little too late. And uh, after the game – one of the local newspaper guys from uh, Coquitlam was interviewing 
interviewing Pat Coyle, and Pat Coyle said all the right things. You know, this is a great team we're playing. It's going to go seven games, and, you know, we have our hands full, blah, blah, blah. And Coyle was with Brampton, just so everybody Coyle knows. Was this with is our before team Brampton. I forgot. He, he eventually played for Coquitlam. You're right. But anyhow, he said all the, all the proper things to the reporter. The second the reporter walked away, he turned to me and he says, we're going to win the next four. <laughs> <laughs> Brother Mike <laughs> alongside uh, Kilgore Brothers, right. Beltman Brothers. Uh, what a team that was. Uh, so we'll talk I, about that. I, but but going back, Shenny, out of the five, do you, do you, I would imagine the first is probably your, your most special. But do you have like a memory yeah. or two that, that really stick out for you in your Man Cup years? Well, you know, the, the first was, was great because nobody on our team had won a Man Cup. I think we only had maybe two players who'd been in a Man Cup. Beltman had played... I think for Coquitlam and Tavares had played for the Berards, I think his first year in, uh, in senior and they had, they had lost. So we had a couple guys who played in a man cup, but lost and new West was just jam packed with man cup rings. I mean, they had, um, Cowison, they had, uh, Dean, Jordy, Lorenz, Jordy D- oh, Hill cheese. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. And those guys let us know too. Like, and, and back then that was before, the NLL, it was the MILL, but there wasn't guys didn't know each other. Like they all know each other now, like, like East West every, lacrosse players all know each other. Back then I felt like it was like team Canada playing the rug. They might as well have been Russian. As far as I was concerned, <laughs> it was the other side of, of right. the, the, the planet, yeah. but, uh, it was, that's we, the way it should it be though. Games. No, it shouldn't it? Like, I mean, that, oh, yeah, that's I, I what makes it. lacrosse I, lacrosse and the man cup, the man cup is that you like, you didn't know about the other team and that you, you just knew that you hated them and wanted to beat them. And, and they were big, like they were a big team. I, I remember after one of the games, one of the fans, uh, you know, we had like the beer, the beer hall after the game and, and, and somebody came up to me, he goes, Oh, you're not that small. Or he goes, no, you're not small at all. He goes, I thought you were tiny looking at you on the floor next to these other guys because they had, well, Helgies, Peter Park. They had a bunch of guys who were six feet five. Right. And And that was really big back then. I looked like a runt out there. (laughs) And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm six feet or just under six feet. So, like, I'm not, it's not like I'm a tiny guy or anything, but compared to that, about four or five guys that were six five. And, uh, and yeah, they were a big team. But then the funny thing is also they outscored us in the series because, we beat them in five. Every game we won was by one goal, one or two goals. And the one game they beat us, they you know beat us like seventeen four. So you know if you look at the stats for that series, we were outscored. Yet we won the series in five. So that that was that was great. And you know the final game was uh, you know at Brampton Arena, jam packed, and the floor started to sweat. So they had to stop the game, and they didn't know what they were going to do. So that, you know that resin that they always put on the floor in front of, course, of the bench. Yeah, uh, you guys do that out west too, right? Well, we used to. We, well, we they to. put it on the whole floor. They dusted the whole floor. <laughs> I remember so, this? I remember so like this. The, the third period, or you know, at least the second half of the game, we played on this with this dust all over the you floor. You could see a thousand so, footprints all over the floor. Oh, it was it was crazy. And 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 anyhow, we won that last game in overtime. Tavares took took a shot. The rebound came to Cordingly, and and he put it in, and and so that was it was pandemonium for us. And, and like I said, nobody on our team had won the Man Cup, and, uh, and you know, so that was a big deal. I mean, I I loved them all, and I could I could probably tell stories about every one of them, but the first one was fantastic, just because we, you know, we had never done it. It was a new thing for all of us. 
Now, of course, with the with the slowdown here, I went back and watched a few old classics, and of course, one that I came across was the 2000 NLL final early in your broadcast career. Crazy finish where Junior's getting tackled and still managed to beat TV and Caleb Toth, of course, with one second left. When you're broadcasting like that, is it as exciting for the fan as it is for you? Oh, yeah. Do you mean it's as exciting for me as it is for the fan? There or? you go. That's yeah. that's what he meant. Yeah. There you go. Yes, it was. And 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 honestly, especially back then, like I, I uh, my first year broadcasting, I was still part of the team. So in 99, I was actually on the practice roster and an assistant coach. So I, you know, I really felt part of the team. Uh, but by 2000, I wasn't, you know, I, I was just a broadcaster, but you couldn't help but get excited. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I was, you know, I wanted the Toronto Rock to win. And so, yeah, I, it's funny because sometimes I watch replays from those games and the ones that are edited. So you're not really hearing me. You're hearing Joe Bowen making the call, but you hear me scream and yell. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm not saying anything. I'm just reacting like a fan. And I was, you know, it's funny, too, because, you know, over, over the years, some of my producers say, Shandy, you can't do that. You can't scream when your team scores. You can't, you know, you, you've got to you know, wait for your analysis. But I, I listen to those games back in the old days, especially if it's just a Joe Bullen call. You just hear, hear me scream in the background. And it was, oh, yeah, that was so exciting. I, you know, the finish. And, that, and, you know, the way John Grant played, too, like you, that goal you mentioned was, like, unbelievable. Like three or four guys on him in front of the net, tackle him. And and no, and that's why John Grant was such a great player. But uh, yeah, the, that was the last game, the 2000. That was the last professional game played at Maple Leaf Gardens. And the other funny thing about that game is, I'm sure it was mid to late May, but it was a hot day in Toronto. Like it was in the 90s, and Maple Leaf Gardens has no air conditioning. And, and we're also up at the top, you know, how the heat rises. And Joe Bowen said. He didn't ask. He just said, "We're not wearing suits." So we we, we did that game in golf. <laughs> Joe Bowen know. does not ask. He tells. No, uh, exactly. Two thousand Rock uh, advancing to the Sweet Sixteen over the 07 Lakers as well. Shani, just so you know. Yeah. Oh, very good. Well, of course, then we go to the other end of your career, and well, of course, your career is so long going. But 2016 final, you're in the booth when Jeff Cornwall scores the goal. I mean, how exciting was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, to be honest, uh, every every broadcaster wants a series to go the limit. So that one, we're, we're saying, okay, this looks like Buffalo's going to take this, and you know, we'll go to game three. So, you know, inside, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, this, Buffalo was supposed to win this so we could get a third game. But it was, it was you know, for the home team, uh, and that was the first one in Saskatchewan, right? That was... Yeah, the year before they'd won in Edmonton. Right. So it was thrilling to be part of, you know, what that new franchise was going through. So uh, as much as I wanted it to go three games, I was so excited for the hometown fans and Grandma Rush and all that. Right? That, that, that was great. That was pretty exciting. Speaking with Brian Shannon, going back to 99, like you're, that's a banner year for you, Shannon. You're pulling in four pay- teacher, practice roster, coach, and broadcaster, like he must be just rolling in it in 1999. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. And honestly, I, I had no interest in being a coach because I knew how hard those guys worked. I think that was sort of uh, their way of, uh, you know, 
pushing me out as a player, they had to offer me something. Yeah. I, you know? Here's, a, here's and, a door, Brian. Walk through it, please. And, and the funny thing was, you know, uh, before training camp even started, uh, they said, hey, Shannon, you want to be an assistant coach? And I think they were shocked when I said, no, not interested. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. I'm good. Um, yeah. I, I saw an article that uh, you penned out, and, and you've been writing for IL for a while now. And, and usually, you know, you, you're a little bit on the shorter side, but you obviously got some extra time on your hands now. And you penned out a, a real nice article talking about, you know, the, the transformation that Les Wake, Wakeling and, and Les Bartley kind of made going from the three-line system in lacrosse to, to the offense-defense specialty transition game that we see now. And you were kind of right in the middle of that with, with two coaches that, I mean, Wakeling should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure why he's not. but uh, And Les no, Bartley, right highly regarded as the greatest box lacrosse coach of, of all time, these guys kind of innovating and changing the game, and you were kind of right in the thick of it. Tell me about it. Yeah, well, well – it was it was out of necessity, and uh, and uh, you know I, I've got it all in the article. But basically, there was no way to stop the gates if you didn't have your best defenders on them all the time. And even with your best defender on on them, you're not stopping them. You're just trying to minimize the damage. And uh, so so at one point, our coach Les Wakeling, and this was with Brampton, and, and Les coached Brampton, and he moved to Six Nations, so he was part of those five man cups with head coach and all of them. So you're right; it, it's ridiculous, like it, it's blasphemy that he's not in in the Hall of Fame. But anyhow, he he decided he said, let's try if we put our best five defenders on the floor anytime the gates are on the floor. And that was just kind of an experiment. And 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 we had the Coil brothers, Pat Coil, Mike Coil, myself. Uh, and anytime they were on, we still didn't beat them, but it worked. Like we, you know, where we were normally getting beat by about 10 goals from those guys. The first time we did that, we lost in overtime. And it was like, Hey, this, this might work. And, and I think that's sort of how it, it evolved. And then, you know, back in those days in, in the summer league, I'd probably say this now you dressed, uh, 18 runners. So he said, well, why not? Instead of, you know, some coaches would go three lines of six and, you know, whatever, and, and just, guys miss a shift he went three lines of five and he had three defenders that just played defense and i was one of them and and but what it did it allowed guys like john Tavares to double shift whenever he wanted it allowed you know allowed him to rest up the the best defense or the best forwards when he wanted to because he had three of us running in the back door all the time and the other thing it did is is you know when push comes to shove you've got three big strong defenders coming on the floor whenever you needed them. And, and, you know, the other team, every time they're coming down the floor, after have to face the same three guys. Right. They didn't like it. So, so that's what he did. It, it evolved. He won man cups doing it. You know, by the time we were in, and I think I mentioned in the article, by the time we were in six nations, it was myself, Dave Sycamore and, and big Tim Bomberry, 270 pounds, <laughs> Tim Bomberry yes. that played on the back door all the time. And, and we loved it. We got tons of floor time because you basically, you're being called upon whenever, you know, whenever it's a critical situation, the other team has a ball, you get lots of floor time. So I loved it. And I know those guys did too. And, and, uh, you know, it worked, but you know, the, the funny thing is when we, you know, the one year I played in the NLL, Les Bartley said to me at the beginning of the year, you know, we don't, we don't play that way in the NLL and, you know, we never will, but you know, partway through that season with the Ontario Raiders, the coaches had a change of heart. They say, hey, we're going with plan B here because we were one and four after the first five games. 
And it was Terry Bullen, Mike Coyle, or sorry, Pat Coyle, and myself. They said, you guys are going to play the backdoor all games. You know, we're going to match you up against the Taveras, the Kilgores, the Gates. And, you know, the team went on a bit of a run. And, and that's sort of how it evolved in the NLL. And, you know, the next year, they eventually decided to expand it a bit. It, they won their championships. And you know how, how professional sports are copycat sports. You, you win a championship doing something pretty soon. Everybody else is doing it. And you see how now, now teams are playing with, you know, 10 or 11 defenders every game. And these guys are, you know, many of them are studs and they're recognized as superstars. And, yeah, that's probably the way it should be. One memory, of course, that uh, we shared is it was a game of the week, uh, a week after the Broncos bus crash. And for oh, those that yeah. don't know the story, like you guys flew in with you and Brendan flew in that morning, picked me up. We were busting through snowdress to get to Humboldt, you know, attending Darcy Haugen's funeral just hours before the broadcast. Where does that one rank in terms of toughest broadcast to get through? Uh, and, and that was heartbreaking too. And, and you mentioned earlier that, that you know I'm a school teacher, so that year I was teaching grade six kids, and and just like that touched everybody in the country for sure. And and I had my kids write letters to I, you know we went over you know all, all the survivors and all that, and I said you can write a letter to whoever you want, and um, and, and a number of my kids wrote nice letters to. Uh, the the uh, trainer on the team. Uh, you, you remember Dana her name? Dana Bronze, uh, yeah. Dana Bronze. And, and she had survived the crash. And at one point, we thought she was going to get better. And a lot of my kids wrote letters. And, and then that week, she died. And, and that was heartbreaking that I had all these letters in my hands from these kids that said, I really hope you get better. And uh, and that was tough. So and it was heartbreaking. But I was also... I, it felt good to me to be there. Like I, I was, and, and I thank you for taking us there. And, and that was great. And, and that was a great memory. Cause I mean, that was a tough time for the whole country. I mean, it, I can't imagine what it was like for, for the people that were directly involved, but it did touch everybody in the country. And I, and, and for, in some way that made me feel better that I was able to get the letters from my kids. I don't know if anyone ever read them or not, but, but it it felt good. It felt like we were doing something, right? and that's that was a helpless feeling. And it, and it did help that we could give a letter and feel like some some way we were trying to help comfort them. Yeah, no, I never followed up with Carol. I I talked to her once. It was probably a month and a half, two months after, and she said she had so many letters and she was still recovering, so she hadn't had a chance to get through them. So I'm certain she did at some stage. Um, Here's one for you. Of course, you, your brother, Brendan, famous NHL player and a lacrosse player. We talk about this where kids should take the summer off from hockey, play lacrosse, because you're going to learn a lot. What did you see in Brendan's game that, from, that he learned from lacrosse that translated into his NHL game? Oh, so much of it. I mean, um, you know, you, you could just say – the fact that you know he had, he had very good hands in front of the net and all that, but but I, I also think, and I, and I see it not just with Brendan uh, all the time when when you know my kids I you know three kids they all played hockey and lacrosse and coaches would always say uh, you know your your kid always plays with their head up and I said well that's from lacrosse I mean lacrosse is a a heads up game and it you know and, and that definitely helps in hockey but I think you know and, and I've heard coaches that have nothing to do with lacrosse 
tell me, I could always tell a hockey player that played lacrosse because they say the way they go in the corner, the way they handle themselves in the corner, the way they, they, they protect themselves, the way they roll off hits and all that. And, and, and I think that was the case with Brendan too. I mean, Brendan was, uh, he really was, he was as good of a lacrosse player as he was in hockey. You know, he, he actually grew up, he was a year younger than Tavares and they played against each other every second year. And, and, and when they were 15, they actually became teammates. Uh, Brendan went to Mississauga for one year and they were teammates on a, on a stack team. And, and funny enough, when they were very young, they would compete for scoring titles. So he, he was, you know, a lot of people say, Oh, Brendan was a hockey player, but Brian was a better lacrosse player. That's not, not true at all. Like Brendan, <laughs> if he had stuck with lacrosse, he would have been a superstar in that game because he was that good, you know, when he was young. And unfortunately he had to quit playing when he was about 15 or 16, but uh, you know, he was a great lacrosse player and he loved that game. And he still does every now and again, he'll be at a rock game and uh, he'll just, quietly send me a text and say, uh, you know, we we're, we're, you know, me and the kids were at the game. It was a great game. And, 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 you know, he loved the sport and he still does. I think, uh, I think he made the right career choice. So Shane, he, uh, <laughs> yeah. might've made it a paid, few more bucks uh, on the ice. Yeah. No. And honestly, like, I'm not just saying this cause you're on the line, but he was literally one, like those kind of guys, your brother, Cam Neely, Rick Tockett, those kind of guys were, were always my favorite hockey players, guys that did it all, scored goals and would take you into the corner and, and mess you up a little bit if you got on the wrong side of things. So I uh, always liked watching Brendan play hockey. And um, I, I got to get this in here, Shannon, because Colleen Grimes will kill me if if I don't mention Mimico. And, and you know, me being from Coquitlam and, and being a, you know, more so it's a place where you play lacrosse than it is, then you play hockey, and that's just the way it is. You want to be an Adnac if you live in Coquitlam, and it's very similar there in Mimico. And and I know those those double blue bloodlines run deep through you. Tell me what it what it means to be from there, and and what the culture of lacrosse and how it how it kind of formed uh, through your years. Well, you know it's funny because when I started playing lacrosse, Mimico went through a bit of a tough spell, and part of it was because. Uh, uh, the rink temporarily closed for a year. It, it was an outdoor rink. Uh, it closed for a year when they put a roof on it. And so that year we moved out of the community and it really hurt the game. Uh, it hurt the game in Mimico. So I heard stories, you know, about the history of Mimico. And I thought, why, why didn't I get to live through those days when they had big crowds and, and, you know, it was so exciting. They went, you know, they had Minto cups, man cups. So to see Mimico, come back the way they have it's such a thrill for me even though i wasn't a player for it but even as a, as a parent as a coach i love the sense of community that mimical has like that it's it's way stronger than any junior hockey here in the toronto area anyhow like i go my, my well devlin my son plays junior hockey as well and the crowds there it's, it's basically parents and you know, people aren't really playing for the community, but Mimico, Orangeville, Peterborough, you know, a lot of these teams in Ontario lacrosse, these kids are still so proud to play for their community. And Mimico has that. The young kids come out and, and watch the games and, and they might as well be watching pros. They are so into it. So it's great to see. And, and, you know, Colleen Grimes deserves a lot of credit too. I mean, it's not just her. There's been a great executive that works really hard. But she does a fantastic job on social media, you know, really promoting Mimico and, and the kids there and everybody that plays there is so proud to be wearing the double blue. 
and and you know the junior kids support the young kids and vice versa. So uh, it's great to see it, and they, and they pack that place, especially when the team is doing well. But on on any Friday night or Saturday night when they're playing in the summertime, they get a, a pretty packed house to watch that team. So it's good to see, and I, I'm I'm very proud to be part of it. Even even though my role is really just as a parent and a fan right now. Uh, I'm very proud of Mimico, and I, and I think uh, there's a lot of people that feel the same way. Absolutely, man. Hey, listen, Shenny, uh, we could honestly spend another half an hour here with you uh, easily, but we appreciate your time. Hopefully there's a, a slice or two of, of pizza left for you uh, when you get back downstairs. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> hey, man, I hope uh, I hope Mimico and everybody else come summertime is back up and running. Uh, keep you and, and your family safe through this and uh, keep in touch. Yeah, yeah, same to you guys. Thanks very much, and uh, to all you guys and your loved ones, I hope everybody stays safe, too. Right on, man. That was Brian Shanahan, uh, just an absolute legend of the broadcasting when it comes to lacrosse. Uh, Great playing career as well, Evan, and when you think think lacrosse, like Brian Shanahan's name is a guy that, that always comes up. Yeah, and of course, the old stories, you gotta love hearing it. This is one thing about lacrosse is that they, all these old stories kind of they remain behind doors for about ten years, and then guys talk about them just like they're proud of them. And you just gotta love it. Yeah, and uh, the stories get better as the years go along, as well. Uh, pretty good at the old uh, journalism too. Check out his work at IL Indoor uh, if you got some free time, which I know a lot of people do right now. Uh, check out check out his wordings uh over there at il all right evan let's get into quarter three we're gonna do quick sticks in quarter three and then we'll play who you got march madness style in quarter number four keep it locked right here on episode number 72 of lax class on lacrosse all-stars podcast network associated labels and packaging a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Christian Del Bianco from the Calgary Roughnecks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Growing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back lacrosse fans episode 72 third quarter right there associated labels and packaging sean ashworth and the gang down there in coquitlam evan and we know by now that that associated labels and packaging are always on top of the environment and and they're so progressive and of course right now with the the pandemic and covid going on corona um, they've upped their game in that regard as well with their premise restrictions, their facility cleanliness, monitoring personnel, daily updates. This is why people want to work for Sean Ashworth and a company like Associated Labels and Packaging because they care so much about their employees and the world that they're living in, and and they're always a step ahead of everybody else. Yeah, I mean, we just had a meeting with the market or our marketing company this afternoon and you know we're we're going to go through some tough times but we also noticed that there's going to be a need to push your product out and get something new and get something that people want to buy when this is all over because things will return to normal 
They will, uh, and they're still open for business. Just some changes to their kind of procedures right now. So check them out at AssociatedLP.com. You need a label, need a package. Those are your people focusing on ethics, quality, and, of course, they are family-owned and great friends of the podcast. Check them out at Associated LP. All right, quick sticks, Evan, before we get into who you got here. And uh, you kind of mentioned it in quarter number one about the content that that some of the players and, and more importantly, some of the coaches, the dads out there, dad content. I don't, is that what we're calling this? I've seen Dane Doby. I've seen Mikey Poulin come out with uh, some great stuff. But I think the one that, that everybody's kind of talking about right now is Coach No Mercy Accursy. Back there in Halifax with his two young daughters and and TikTok, Evan. I like my daughter's on TikTok. I don't know if your kids are on TikTok, but this is this is next level stuff here from Mike. He he is like choreographing. I don't know who's filming this, but they are putting together like some major routines and then posting them up online, and they're catching on like wildfire. Now, recall when we had him on the program not too long ago, he was taking the interview from his girls' dance studio, mm-hmm. right? So they they train all the time for this. Oh, you also got to love Mike Poole and stuff. I mean, oh, if you didn't so see it good. yet, Rob he dressed Williams. up in full gear yeah. inside for his kids to shoot on him. Um, and then you get the banter, like what happened between Dixon and Josh Jr. today. You just got to love well, it. Well, that's just because two guys that have just been locked up too long and, and need to get out and compete. So instead of competing on the floor, they're competing on Twitter about who's got the better stats. Tough, uh, tough <laughs> debate there. Um, couple things, uh, like, it, and I mentioned, you know, all these games being posted up. Uh, I watched the 2001 game seven. I'm going to go back and watch this 09 series. Dallas Elliott, again, I mentioned this, and I think I got his uh, his handle wrong a while ago, but Hall of Fame Netminder 35 for Dallas Elliott. I'm just going to look this up on the fly right now here. God of Goaltending on Instagram is his handle. God of Goaltending. Uh, it, I can't argue with him, really. Uh, but Hall of Fame Netminder 35 is where you can find him on YouTube. And, and if you're bored and kind of starved for from some old games and i'm talking old games like m-i-l-l days back in the old boston garden and spectrum of philadelphia and maple leaf gardens just spectacular stuff i don't know how he's got all this stuff uh, logged in but he he's posting all sorts of stuff up there on his youtube channel check that out and, and speaking of that the nll just releasing today evan that they are, are going to kind of start doing this themselves. They're calling it NLL True Classics, where they're going to pick select games from yesteryear and, and post these up for fans to watch as well. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, and we'll see which games come up. One that's interesting is I've been trying to get a copy of the 2015 finals, and the Rush have been unable to find the video oh, that no. they had of this. So let's let's see if somebody can find the video of Game 2, 2015. Uh, Marty Dinsdale scores with a minute to go to win it. You know, let's see if somebody can find that, that All right. footage. Challenge is out there. Find the 2015 final if you can. 
Uh, and the other thing the NOL is going to do is, is something they're calling in transition. Devin Caney will be talking to guys like Micah Kersey and, and Mike Poulin and, and just kind of checking in. She did a nice little interview with Jessica Berman and her two kids uh, last week about just kind of checking in with NOL folk during this pandemic and, and keeping the fans in touch. So they're calling it in transition. And that's really what Devin is, is best at. And I always enjoy watching her work. No, absolutely. It's interesting how comfortable players especially are, you know, talk about things you don't normally talk about in front of her, but hey, that's the hats are down. So, you know, good honor. Absolutely. Uh, NLL also coming out with a new logo and they're looking for suggestions from fans and, and people like to, to kind of keep that relevant and keep it going. Check out what they got right now. It's pretty cool. That's kind of like a collage of a, a thousand or hundreds of different players kind of all worked into the shield there a little bit. Really cool. We've seen internet challenges popping up. I've seen some guys starting to grow like quarantine beards here, Evan. Uh, some of the guys. I started, got one going. Yeah, I, I started mine and I made it about six days and I was like, yeah, it's, I gave up. I, I just, I can't, I can't grow. I, like I can grow a full beard. I just, I don't know. I don't like having it on my face, so I, I kind of gave up on that. But we've seen the push-up challenge happening now. We've seen the, the shotgun challenge. So have some fun. These are the times we're living in here with, with social distancing and, and staying at home and, mm-hmm. and uh, all that sort of stuff. So make the most of it. Have some fun with your friends. Um, staying healthy. I, I think this is really important, oh, yeah. Evan. And because... Because we're kind of locked up and cooped up here, finding ways to stay active, stay fit, and as much as you know your physical health is important, I think being physically active helps your mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I work for that that company I'd mentioned before. That uh, you know, we really do focus on making work fun and whatnot, the place people enjoy to come to. And one of our traditions always was. At 4.30 on a Friday, the last half hour work, people get together for drinks and chit-chat and what have you. And, of course, well, can't do that when we're self-isolating. So everybody got on Zoom, and we did the exact same thing we always used to do. So worked out perfectly. Well, there you go. Um, I'm hoping you had, like, a club soda or something, Evan. Uh, what? I think that's it for quick sticks. Last thing I wanted to mention is if, if you know, like, while we go through this, uh, we're kind of – we're going to talk to some players. We're going to talk to some coaches. But if you have any ideas as far as people that you want to hear from on this program, maybe somebody we've never talked to before or somebody like maybe like a Dan Dawson that you really enjoyed listening to that you want us to have back on, send us your uh, your guest suggestions. We're all ears for that, and we'll do our best to try and make that happen for you as well. Don't forget to, to vote uh, for our upcoming bracket, which we will have for you on the other side here of episode number 72 of Lacrosse Classified. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Hey, this is Joan Ardella from the New England Black Wolves. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network, growing the game one podcast at a time. Back, no more breaks, quarter four. Thanks for hanging with us. Jay Kelly and Evan Sheminar with you. This is Lax Class. And uh, it's time for Who You Got, Evan. Before we get into Who You Got, I do want to give out a, a quick shout-out here to G. Wilson Construction. Obviously, we're not doing under-review right now because there's really nothing to review 
lacrosse-wise, but uh, G. Wilson Construction, obviously, uh, with everything going on right now, they're going through a bit of a tough time as well. I talked to to Mr. Wilson just a couple of days ago, and unfortunately he's had to lay off about 60 employees right now. So it's it's tough all over. We're all going to get through it, but uh, I want to thank G. Wilson Construction for their continued support as well here on Lacrosse Classified. And now, Evan, it's time for March Madness style. Who you got? Evan, who you got? Jake, who you got? 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 Who ya got? Brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Oil Skin Jackets, Outback Trading Company. These things are selling like wildfire out of the stampede.ca online website. $15 flat shipping, Evan. Oil skin products, outdoor sports, even just walking around, camping. That's a good thing to go do right now. Get away from the city. Isolate yourself. Go camping. Uh, and get yourself an oil skin jacket to do it from Stampede Tech and Western Wear or products there. Uh, check them out, stampede.ca. We're shopping online. We're still shopping local. As we move our way in, Evan, to the 2010 bracket here. So we did 2000s. Last week, once again, Toronto, 2000 Toronto, 2009 Calgary, 2001 Coquitlam, and 2009 Brampton all moving on into the Sweet 16 as now we will fancy about here another four big matchups in the 2010 bracket. We shall start at the top, 2016 Saskatchewan Rush beating the Bandits Aaron Bold named MVP. This is the year Ryan Dilks was Defensive Player of the Year. We talked about Cornwall scoring the goal to win it for the rush. Their first year in Saskatchewan, 11 seconds left. Going up against the 2017 Peterborough Lakers, beating the Bellies in six. Buchanan instrumental in this game. Lost the first two games of the series, if you recall. Curtis Dixon winning his first man cup. This had face-off gate. You remember this, seven the, the, the visiting team, Peterborough, stealing the ceremonial face-off at Queens Park yep. Arena that caused a big that. controversy. Yep. So 2016 Rush, 2017 Peterborough Lakers. Who you got? And isn't this the time that the Man Cup ended up in the ocean? Ah, yes. Uh, made mistaken. an appearance out there in White Rock. Somebody went swimming yeah. in the Pacific with the Man Cup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Who am I uh, to judge? We, I don't know, Evan. I, I've never won, so I can't. Uh... We could have picked. Three, probably three different rush teams and put them in this bracket. This is the one that was uh, picked. And yeah, you're right. Ryan Dilks was defensive player of the year. And Kyle Rubish still had a fantastic year. <laughs> was the second best defender on the team. Uh, you know, so that's just how strong that rush team was. Believe me, the Lakers teams have been loaded for years and you got to respect that. But if I had to put them head to head in one game, I'm taking Derek and I'm taking the rush. Yeah, we're talking one game here, Evan, and that's the key for me is I think the rush win this. And and I think, obviously, I uh, man, this is tough because that, that 2017 Laker team was no slouch, and there's going to be some real tough picks in here. But that 2016 rush team was just so loaded on both ends of the floor, and Aaron Bolt 
like who was probably considered the weak link maybe of that roster, Evan, was the MVP of the series. Yeah, I mean, we got to remember the game two of the finals, as much as the rush wanted, that's a game they maybe win 10% of the time. But they caught a few lucky breaks. What was it? Ben McIntosh scored from the boards and Zach Greer scored from half. Uh, it, it, it was tough to watch Anthony Cosmo in his final game have that happen to him. But, um, yeah, that team was just so dominant. It, it was kind of a, you know, if you had a who you got back, then you're taking the rush every week because – there was no beating them. Okay, Almost so hard. we're both taking the 2016 rush to beat the 2017 Peterborough Lakers. Let's move on. 2017 Georgia Swarm, you'll remember they almost, well, I don't know how you describe it, just kind of stole one in Sastel to win their first and only championship. What a game, what a series that was. What a team as well for the 2017 Swarm. Lyle Thompson named the MVP going up against the 2015 Victoria Shamrocks. Our buddy Jim Else over there at the used car auto center, a big, uh, big supporter of the rocks during this year. Got his picture taken with the manor. Corey small named the Mike Kelly MVP Shamrocks win it in six on their home floor in front of the Shamrock faithful here. Tough matchup, Evan. 2017 Swarm up against the 2015 Shamrocks. Who you got? The simple thing here is that that Swarm offense was so loaded. They were scoring 17 goals on a regular basis that year. It was absolutely crazy because you had Lyle, you had Miles, Randy Stodd, Shane Jackson. You know, (laughs) even the guys that were sitting as second fiddle on that offense were absolutely crazy amazing players uh jason noble if i'm not mistaken won defensive player of the year that mm-hmm. year um so and oh, mike cool and came up big when he needed to i gotta take the swarm in this one okay okay uh i think i'm gonna take the shamrocks in this one evan As it, I, I don't know if it pains me to do it but it uh I'm going to take the Shamrocks in this one. I just think the way that Corey Small was playing in that series, they were a very well-balanced team. No weak spots. Dutch was on fire in that that series as well. The Harnett brothers doing their thing. Uh, they got great goaltending in that series as well. Brad Cree, Gregoire's favorite player uh, for the Shamrocks that year as well. So I'm taking, I'm taking Victoria to beat the swarm in a one game showdown. We'll see who the fans take when we post up the vote on Twitter here this week. So you got the swarm. I got the shamrocks. I got a one game lead on you so far, by the way, because you took the 2001 wings to beat the Adnax and, and you got smoked in that series. Uh, 2014 Rochester Nighthawks, the third of their three straight titles, Dan Dawson, MVP, You'll recall this game featuring the mini game, Evan, the late comeback here. Going up against the 2013 Chiefs. A lot of familiar faces on both sides of the ledger here for the Cahawks and the Chiefs. This was the first win of in the Man Cup since 1996. Uh, I think Shanahan, a member of that 96 team. So a long drought for the Chiefs here, but they win in 20. You'll recall game five. Miller and Kirk both being called for illegal equipment. Colin Doyle 
stepping in between the pipes in a Man Cup game and winning for Six Nations. Uh, Jameson, 29 points, series MVP, Chiefs win over the Shamrocks, 4-2. So 2014 Hawks against the 2013 Chiefs, who you got? A tough one, because not only that, but you got certain players that have played on both teams. We will post so, pictures of each roster. Yeah. So, you know, you know, Cody Jameson versus Cody Jameson. Well, you know, there you go. But um, that Rochester team in those three years, you know, a few times they actually finished in the middle of the standings. But if you if we're talking a one game final, right, we're talking final. I'll take the Nighthawks because at that time they knew how to win when it was time to win. Yeah, a, a real team of destiny just found a way, and not only in, in 14, but I think in 13 as well, they kind of did the same thing where they just caught caught fire at the right time and then just willed their way to victory, and Cody Jamison a huge part of those championships. But with that being said, I'm taking the 13 Chiefs here to beat the 14 Hawks, Colin Doyle and company, I, I watched this series, every game of it, and this Chiefs team was a mean piece of business. And, and in a one-game showdown, I'm taking Six Nations here to beat the Nighthawks. We'll see who the fans take, Evan. That's two different picks now. As uh, I'm taking the Chiefs to beat the Nighthawks. You're taking the Nighthawks to beat. The Chiefs, one more matchup to go. 2011 Toronto Rock. You'll recall it was a rematch of the 2010 final and a final of the Stealth 1 in Everett. The rematch took place in Toronto. Watson and Tyler Richards absolutely dueling in front of 14,000 at the ACC. 8-7 the final in this one. What a lacrosse game in 2011. Toronto Rock win the championship. Taking on the 2018 Peterborough Lakers who swept away the Maple Ridge Birds in four straight. 16th man cup. Evans led the series with his uh, in scoring, winning his sixth man cup. What a team this 2018 Lakers roster was. Going up against the 2011 Rock, Evan, who you got? Here's the thing about the Peterborough Lakers. They don't rebuild, they reload. Right? They've got the money there that they can go and get the best players, and that team would beat most NLL squads on any given night. And with that firepower that they had in that game, like think about it. You had... Matt Vince and you had Evan Kirk and they would rotate every game, right? <laughs> it was, yeah. you know, you, you, they never got tired because they're only playing every second game. This team was just way too talented. I got to take the Lakers. I'm taking the Lakers as well. They, I mean, I, maybe the most loaded lacrosse team I've ever seen in 2018. Like they were that, that good that I would put them up against any NLL team that year. And, and I think they win every time. They were that good. So I'm taking the Lakers as well. We'll post those uh, polls up on Twitter. I still think, Evan, you should send it out on the Google forums as well. And whoever votes, votes. Get a bigger total. More people voting, the better. 
I know it's extra work for you, but uh, I'm still going to push for that. Whether you do it or not, I guess, is completely up to you. But uh, we'll put that out on Twitter. We'll put the pictures of the rosters up as well. And I think next week uh, we'll go into the 90s, Evan. We'll work our way backwards once again, and then we'll do pre-90s for the last and final bracket as we'll work our way to an eventual champion here on, on Stampede Tax. Who you got? March Madness. Yeah, and then, well, I mean, this is going to go on for, what, about nine weeks because then we got to get into the Sweet 16s and the Elite 8s, and it's yeah. going to, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, we're just getting started. We're going to build the drama to a maximum crescendo, Evan, and then uh, and then we're going to announce the winner. And uh, we're, we'll talk to we'll talk to Kevin Michael Winkler and see if, uh, if he wants to throw, he's getting off scot free right now, not having to send out any weekly prizes. So maybe, uh, maybe we'll 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 harass him a little bit, and uh, I don't know how we'll do it, but uh, we'll, maybe we'll think of something where we can give a prize away. I don't know how, but maybe we'll think of something. No, well, I mean we still got. No, I mean, if we have a regular season, I don't know if we will, but I, I'll go and update the stats when I get a few days off here, and we'll see who's in the league because that could be our winner. For well, yeah, I never even thought about that. You better, uh, you better check those stats because we could have a, a winner if if things don't get started again. So, good point there, and uh, another good episode here for episode seventy-two. I think we're done, partner. You got anything else you want to get off your chest? No, just everybody stay safe and. You know, and heed the warnings. Don't put yourselves and others at risk. So you do have something you wanted to get off your chest there. You said no, and then you got something off your chest, Evan. All right, for our fabulous sponsors, G. Wilson Construction, Associate Labels and Packaging, the Vancouver Warriors, and, of course, Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Thank you to you guys for continuing to support the podcast, to Brian Shanahan for spending some time with us here on Lax Class, and, of course, you, the listener, for sticking with us here uh, through these tough times that we're going with. And as Evan said, wash your hands, don't touch your face, stay away from people, stay home, only go out when it's absolutely necessary. And the more that everybody does that, the sooner we will get back to normal life. But in the meantime, stay safe, be well. Thanks for listening. For Evan Schemenauer, oh, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast, cast your votes. Follow us on social media at Shemlax, at PXB for Sports, at Lax Class, and Lacrosse Classified as well. Uh, keep up to date on everything that's going on in the world, the box lacrosse and the national lacrosse league. Now we're out of here. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, be safe, everybody. <laughs>